first of all, thank you for all of your help and support. Appreciate it very much. And please continue to help us if you can. All of you who hear this Dharma talk and um, are somehow su supported or helped in your practice by this <laughs> constant talking about it. So this evening's Dharma talk is titled The First Wake Up. First Wake Up. So it's just a way of talking about this. The first wake up in your life, in my life, certainly was how much I was being controlled, I was waking up from how much I was being controlled by my fear, my beliefs, my opinions, my parents' opinions and ideas and beliefs and judgments in the societies, which encourages you to do a whole lot of things that seem relatively pretty important. Get a job, vote, pay your taxes, obey the law, seem all pretty reasonable. But if you look deeper into that, you begin to see a certain group of people are trying to control you so they can benefit or get famous or something or other. And it's all over the place. I'm not going to single anything out. If you're listening to this talk, you already know what I'm talking about. But the first wake up is to wake up from that, from that you have to do certain things or you will not be a good citizen. And I'm not saying that some of these aren't relatively and maybe even ultimately correct. The first wake up is to wake up to how you're actually covering up something, probably fear. Those who are successful at covering up fear with their opinions, their beliefs, have no idea they're terrified. They, they're so busy covering up, blaming, accusing, coming to conclusions based on what, as soon as you come to a conclusion, all investigation ceases. It's just all over the place. It's in our society. It's not just the, uh, the, the one party that we have so much difficulty with, but the, all of that whole system, very reasonable, intellectual, kind, loving, wholesome people are covering up. What are they covering up? Fear. And what, what is that fear about? Well, there's a few ways of saying fear of not being famous, <laughs> fear of being a failure, fear, 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 fear of not pleasing our parents, pleasing our society, pleasing our children, fear. And if you're successful at that, you won't really know that perhaps you're covering something up. Those who people who are afraid and know it and can't seem to cover it up no matter what with medications, meditation, or drugs, or, 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 or any of that, they can't do it, might be in this room, might be on the screen because they're down to their last uh, piece of coinage. Lots of ways of talking about it. So that's the first wake up, to wake up that you may have to be, put yourself in a, in a pressure cooker like a Sashin. This is not easy. The people who are in this for the whole eight days, difficult challenging, difficult, very tempting to just leave. And uh, ego mind can generate all kinds of ideas. Well, I'm not feeling good. Uh, I'm not ready for this. I'll try it the one next year, or I'll wait for the ongo, which is coming up. The whole month of February is going to be very, very intensive training. I know how important it is to see this before you die. I want you to see it. I want to help you see it with your permission. I'm not saying you need to join me or join anything. What I am saying is train your mind. Don't, don't keep going through life without training your mind to see clearly what it is that is happening in the mind stream and what is happening in your life stream, your everyday situation, where you are constantly buying into this and rejecting that, buying into this, 
rejecting that, picking and choosing and picking and choosing, or just choosing, as Red Pine would translate one of the lines out of the Sins and Main or Heart Mind of Sosan. You might say, well, we got to choose. We have to do choose something. No, you don't. Might might astonish you if you practice for a while to realize you really don't have to choose anything. Everything that needs to be chosen is is just self-chosen. You just it just happens. It's just what's next. Anytime you're going between this and that and this and that, that that's the first indication that you are confused. There's only one one paddle in the canoe. You can't go back and forth, back and forth. Or, 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 or. Well, you can. Good. The first wake up is to see how insane, how crazy this world is. That uh, Look at it just a couple of glances at different aspects of society. Why would there be so much money sunk into Bradley fighting weapons, fighting vehicles, or atomic warheads? Not just the United States, but other countries. What, what is there, a dozen countries have atomic weapons? That's the very sign of insanity is that we would feel like we shouldn't take care of our fellow human beings, but instead go to war with them. This tells you how deep it is. Someone will come along since I was in the Marines many years ago and say, if they find out I was in the Marines, say, thank you for your service. I don't respond to that. It's just a way of continuing. My father was killed in World War II. He did not want to go there. He went. It's a crazy world. Warfare, warfare, warfare. And you, any of us could say, well, somebody had to stop Hitler. Well, somebody had to stop Napoleon, too. And somebody had to stop the Peloponnesian Wars. And somebody, somebody, somebody. So the first wake up is to see how incredibly crazy this relative, mundane, materialistic, getting somewhere, accomplishing something, making something yourself, make your parents proud and all of that. It's not wrong. It's relatively quite accurate. It's just that you are not going to live forever. You might have another week to live before you are run over by something. Or you might have A dozen, dozens of years. I don't know. So the first wake up is that. Then what you what you do with that, you could do any number of things. You could stay in the mundane area and become a, a psychologist or become a social worker, become a therapist, all totally valid and are needed. So I'm not against, I'm not saying everybody has to start meditating forever. Everybody has to come to a monastery. No, I'll try to keep you from coming here, probably. Don't do anything unless you have to. You don't have to do this. Keep your distance. The only thing I would say, you might want to consider training your mind so you see, so you're not operating out of your opinions or anybody's opinions or beliefs. Sometimes we don't realize we're operating out of a belief. We've come to a conclusion about something. We just function out of that. We never inspect it again. So that's the first wake up. This is crazy. It's a a crazy world. It's crazy. Makes no sense at all. And even the parts that do make sense, there's still there's some kind of underlying a difficulty of grasping, of reifying. Well, uh, like the whole thing of of competition. Bullshit. I'm not saying you shouldn't play volleyball, play football, and have fun. Of course you should. But the, the increased competition between people, it's just warfare of a sort. And I'm not against any kind of sport. I'm not pretty, pretty much not against anything. I'm not even against war. If I was against war, I would be misunderstanding the nature of war. Very interesting area. I say... I'll say it, I've said it a hundred times. Don't go to war, don't go to peace. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. Just observe. Just see what this is. And then you'll know if there's an area you should be pushing down on or fluffing up. 
because it will be dependently arisen. There will no longer be a solid entity called me functioning. And if there is, you'll see that it's unreal. And it's so unreal that you don't even have to get rid of the ego. You don't have to get rid of anything. It's an astonishing uh, realization that sometimes shows up as, well, you don't have anything. You don't own anything. So why would you, how can you ever get rid of anything? You're fundamentally not separate from anything that has ever arisen anywhere. Don't believe me. Don't disrespect the truth by believing me or anyone. Don't believe your thoughts. Don't believe, don't believe. But if you do, then just be aware that you're believing and don't stop believing. So that's the first wake up, which I could talk more about if you have questions. But the second wake up, uh, I'll probably save that for another talk. But I can say a little bit about it. That might be enough. That first wake up might be enough to put you on the true spiritual path, which may not be Buddhism. Buddhism doesn't have a corner on anything. There are no corners. Find out who you are before this goes back. This construct we call a biological person, a human being, before this goes back into the elements, which it can do tomorrow, tonight, or 50 years from now. Find out so there's no doubt. Have no doubts who you are. And you will be completely fearless. That doesn't mean fear doesn't arise in the mind stream. It just can't find anybody who's afraid. What kind of jabberwocky is that? Can't find anybody. Does that work or not work? So if you... First wake up, if you look at that and have that in, somehow in your mind stream where you need to find what you can fundamentally do so that you won't add to the confusion in the world by your own unexamined aggression, passion, ignorance. It's unexamined that is projected on others as blame. Even if it's relatively true, uh, not a good idea. Insofar as you can, receive. And if you truly receive, 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 you will receive the truth. And that truth will be the way it looks here. Maybe I'm wrong. But the way it looks here is there's no self and there's no other. There's no solid being here. This, this is just a voice. There's no personhood here. There's no, uh, there's no Sokazan here. There's no Bob Brown here. That is gone. But yet there is, if it shows up, then it's unreal. And it might show up from now on. I don't mind, it can do whatever it wants. It feels like all I've done is swapped the fear of failing in the mundane world for the fear of failing on the spiritual path. Have I missed the first wake up? Nope, you wouldn't be here. If you if you missed it, you wouldn't be here. You would trade it off. You'd go back into that realm because there's more of a chance of relative success there. Here, it's ultimate success, which is not it will not be an incident that you can call awakening. There might be things that are that show that you're that something is happening in your mind stream, but it will not be an event. Even though some people talk that way, you'll probably list. A dozen people that say that they had this great event and now they're realized. Go ahead. Don't you value? If it's still fear of failure that is motivating me, what is the difference between the mundane path and the spiritual path? How much do you meditate? How many hours a week do you meditate? I don't know. Ten. It's different since I took forms off for the last month. Okay. Well, you have an illness. You have difficulty with your health, and that's... You also lived here for how many years? Six. Well, you're quite a bit different person now than you were when I first met you. But you're not going to notice that, necessarily. So taking forms off because you're... Having difficulty with your health, that's 
that's the way we work with forms here. Somebody, here's the forms, here's what you do, here's what you're supposed to do if you live in the monastery. But if you're ill, then that's, you don't even have to prove it. I don't need a note from your doctor. You tell me, you're here, you're a full grown adult, you're serious about being here. That's all I need. Say, I need to take the forms off. I'm not going to get in there and sort around and see what I think you need. And you're probably trusting me to some extent, or you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be listening to me or even ask me a question. There's a little bit of giving me the benefit of the doubt, perhaps. Yes, somewhat. Asking me questions more. How do I go into that fear of failure? Continue to sit. Don't worry about going into the fear of failure. It'll show up when it needs to. Just watch. Keep it very simple, very radical, very minimal. Sit down, hold still. All the senses open and watch what continues to move in the mind stream. It's going to be different with everyone. Some people's mind stream is pretty pretty non-eventful. Not much is happening. That might go on for three or four years, maybe 10 years. Nothing lasts, including the tranquility of the, tre- of the trained mind. There is no such thing as that. So just continue. Return, return, return to the teacher, the teaching, the community, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, however that looks to you. You've received vows a few years ago to be with all things. Return to those vows, even though you can't do it, even though it, it doesn't even make sense on some level, the way it seemed to when you first received vows. That's why we need the vows. I mean, that doesn't mean everyone does, but you, you need the vows or you wouldn't have asked for them. So just keep going. Just what? Persevere. Just continue. Return, return, return. Notice what is happening in the mind stream. That is the difficulty. You need to see that yourself. I don't think it, it's not something I can hand to you or even point out to you particularly. Every, every student is different. So I quite often say I just mind my own business. I wait to see what's going to happen with you and see if I actually have permission from you. If I don't, I'm not going to cram anything down your throat. More? Shut up. Shut up, Thank you. When we are covering up something like fear, do we need to feel the fear uh, directly for us to wake up? Not necessarily. I don't think there's a some kind of a standard thing that needs to have happen, or perhaps not. Maybe a little bit. Most of my fear came up when I met uh, Chongpa because of my extreme self-consciousness that was being covered up by my opinions, my ideas, my my beliefs, and my self-propelled me, 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 and my stuff, my ideas. And it was terrifying to me that, that someone could actually see how crazy I was. Because I knew I was pretty crazy and knew I was full of fear, but I needed that. And then I thought I was done until I met Coben. Coben didn't do anything other than just ignore me. Basically, because he saw what? I don't know what he saw. I'm not sure. But whatever he did, or you could say didn't do, really helped me because it turned me within. Beyond knowing, you said the first wake up is, is noticing other people trying to control you. Well, it's noticing, it's going to be different. It's noticing how when you're believing your thoughts and your opinions and your ideas just makes things worse even though it gives the illusion of progress because, well, I used to be this way, but now I'm, I used to do, but now we talked, we chattered ourselves about how well we're doing, convince ourselves. And, and it, it's some people, that's all they can do. Some people, they just need uh, cognitive behavioral therapy to work with whatever's happening because of their particular dyma- dynamic that will work fine. Or they might need uh, what, what is it? A brain spotting. You might need some area in the in deeper levels of consciousness to soften things up, make things more workable. Uh, maybe, maybe even uh, um, move aside some aspects of consciousness that are just uh, 
that are actually have a movable quality to them that could be moved aside, sometimes called spirits. Some of that can be done. But the fundamental understanding, as far as I see, is just basic, basic uh, teaching of the Buddha. Everything is dependent. There isn't, there's no solid being or identity anywhere that has any, any uh, permanence. It's very temporary. Things coming and going called thoughts that reify or fluff up uh, some kind of identity that's going somewhere or it's failing or succeeding or neutral. I guess I'm just thinking about control, how it used to look. Um, there was no shortage of it outside of me now. Uh, maybe it just seems to be intensifying within within that there's, there's so much control inside. In, in you? Yeah. I'm, yeah. That's good. Just because of, the, what happens is we we might feel as a meditation practice goes on over the years that we're getting worse when we're actually beginning to see more deeply the 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 uh, um, the roots of the conflicting emotions about the nature of anything, including ourselves or anything else. It's very difficult. It needs to be seen directly, and for each person, that's going to take a different kind of dedication and work and persistence to spiritual path of transcendence or realization, not a mundane path of gaining some, some idea or getting somewhere success story of some kind. It used to be this, but now you, that won't work with the spiritual path. You won't even say that there will be no used to be. There's just this. You and Bowie say conflicting emotions arise. And <clears throat> well, then, I mean, then what? I mean, just look at them. Just, just, it's just, if you use the other senses, it's just feel, just smell. Don't abandon what you're smelling or what it is or who caused it or what it's about. I mean, you can a little bit, but the fundamental understanding is just receive this. Those conflicting emotions arising, is there any sense of um, the way you see it? Is there any unity between those two things? Uh, eventually, when you see there isn't anything else but this, then the conflicting emotions are welcome. They can come and go. They just can't find anybody who's conflicted. The identity part is gone, but the dependent origination that brought about that may have uh, more gasoline, may have more fuel, more momentum. It may be part of a, an entire avalanche that is coming down from beginning of time of otherness. Of, yeah. So it may, no guarantee of anything. Go ahead. Yeah, so I guess conflicting motions. Are they, um, are they a, a sign that you're doing something wrong? They, <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need a good rap on the knuckles. Uh, I remember my first day in boot camp uh, many eons ago, uh, I came out of the shower start naked and there's my drill instructor who's about seven feet tall uh, standing there with his smoky bear um, hat on and had a swagger stick has brass on both ends and that's something they he was a gunnery sergeant gunnery sergeant Ledoux and he I and he said hold out your hands like this and he went wham he said stop biting your nails <laughs> so I stood corrected right there and I realized that was had about four years of being in for it. And I was. Is that what you wanted to know about? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did. I did. It seemed to work. 
<laughs> I don't want to see Gunnery Sergeant Ledoux anymore. Well, that's my last conversation with him. All I said was, yes, sir. Further questions about working with what arises in consciousness? Yes. How do we continue to function in the mundane world when it looks like bullshit? Just, just, just see it. Just see the bullshit. You don't have to change it. You don't have to abandon it. You don't have to go. You do not have to go to a mountaintop. You're already in a monastery. You're already aligning yourself with pretty strong uh, awareness forms, both in the, in the intellectual area of studying the Dharma, the concepts, and in the, in the intuitive area of sitting down and just watching what happens in your mind stream. That, that helps. It won't do it for you, but it will. It gives you the support you need in the area of consciousness that is necessary, which is that area which needs to observe, smell, taste, touch, and including think. You don't have to stop your thoughts. It feels like sometimes I have to manufacture a motivation for something like work, um, and I wonder if that's extra. Probably. That's all right. You need to work. If you need help with that, come and ask me. I'll remind you. So you're working. You're a young man. You're, what are you, 31? 32. My goodness, you're growing up. 32. Yeah, I was working when I was 32. Yep. So keep working. But look, you actually get to live, be in a monastery and have uh, the teacher, the teaching in the community so that you can work on this at the same time. You can work in the world. Tungpurm used to send people away to, uh, to get jobs. I think it's a Dr. Mark, I don't know if he's here somewhere. He could be, might be on the other screen. But he, uh, when he met Rinpoche back before I met him, uh, um, Mark Hirsch, uh, he met him and Rinpoche said, go get a job. <laughs> I don't think he knew he was already a doctor, or he might have kept him around. Who knows? Get a job. Yes. So the example you just used about being in boot camp. Yeah. Um, and then Chazon in his talk earlier today, and you've talked before about the, some of the uh, Buddhist masters have yeah. used rather um, aggressive ways of teaching their yes. students. Is that necessary? I, it may have been in ancient times when it was a different kind of social dynamic, a different power masculine kind of thing that was happening in Japan, China, Tibet, all of that controlled kind of thing. And it might have been necessary, not because somebody thought it up, but just for the dynamic that was happening in order for the teachings to even appear here today. I don't know, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't second guess any any teacher master in the past what they did. It's 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 difficult enough to see what's happening with our own mind let alone go in and judge or determine what anyone else is doing. So my feeling is uh, this stick back here is just part of the tradition, the shippe, and it is, it is used somewhat as a ritual, as is uh, uh, kotsu. Have, yet, have I hit anybody with this yet? Unlikely to do that. That's, that's not going to happen. I don't, I, I, but I don't know. I, I doubt it. Why would I do bit anybody? Yes. There have been times over the years when you've raised your voice to a student? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> in, in times like that, how can a, a student... You mean times when I'm frustrated? Okay, go ahead. How can a student... Can a student continue to receive... It's, it's very situational. I, I don't think, oh, I need to yell at her or him. I really don't. I don't, I'm not sure how that arises. It's, if I were to try to explain, I can't, I can't justify it. 
I, I wouldn't go that direction, but I would say if a person is a student and I'm, I'm, if they come this way and bring that opening to this person, uh, then I can function as a teacher. But as soon as that person leaves, I'm just an old man. I'm not anyone, but if you come this way as a student, then I'm going to teach you. Uh, but not like, mm, let's see, I don't think about it. I just function. And you're probably functioning too, in a way. Otherwise, this won't work. Just like when I met Coben, I could not function as a student of his. It was, not, it was nothing he did. He was being very, very kind to me. And it took me years to realize that. Because I was so hurt or upset by that he wasn't, he didn't like me or whatever it was going through my mind at the time it was very, very painful for me. But so over the years, what was it that you realized that Tobin needed to be your teacher or was your teacher? I'm not sure what you want to know. You it said was six you, months before he passed away is when I realized it. And was there some event or some awakening or no. was that a first wake up like you just talked about? Oh, no, the first wake up was uh, back when I uh, met Rinpoche or before then, when I started reading about Buddhism, I realized there's got to be a way of working with this besides just being worrying about what people think of you, which is my was my main thing. That still is here. That still happens. I'm still extremely sensitive. This consciousness is, but there's no personhood here anymore. So therefore, that turns into teaching material. I realize how sensitive everyone else is because I know how sensitive I am. You could call that compassion or you could call it malarkey. I don't care what you call it. Call it whatever you want. It doesn't need a name. Go ahead. Oh, I can say without and without Coben, I would not be sitting here presuming to tell anybody anything. Is the visceral quality that arises with fear a form of grasping? Grasping for protection like how to stop the fear, is that what you mean? Like you, you become afraid and you, you're you looking around for something that can turn it off, like an off switch or or something to blame for it, or is that what you're asking about? Or when, visceral, when it's fear. Fear arises, there's like something that happens inside of my consciousness yeah. that kind of condenses. And I'm not sure if that is an aspect of the grasping. Yeah, it's passion, aggression, ignorance, and different aspects of the of, of grasping, rejecting. So passion, aggression, and aspects of shutting down might not be coming together in such a way that you can get a good identity of what that is. That's part of the confusion. Was it good? Was it good, I've heard you say that if you see what this is, um, you can just function out of this reference points just show up in a situation. Yes. If it looks like there's no reference points, are we tunnel visioned? Are we just not included? No, just don't do anything. I mean, go to the bathroom, you know, eat some spaghetti or whatever it is you're doing, fun function relatively. But beyond that, don't do much. And if you're, you're feeling like you're more and more lost uh, from that's ego. Nothing is lost. Who you are can't be lost. Who you are can't be lonely. There isn't anything, there's no, nothing to be lonely from. I'm lonely because I don't have any company or I don't have kind people around me. We occasionally, go ahead. We occasionally have people come here and leave because they're too lonely here. Is it foolish to look to others as reference points? No, 
you know, like an intimate partner or a friend or oh, or your your mom or teacher. Yes, of course, a teacher. Yeah. That's your reference point. Those two gentlemen were my reference points. Trungpa and Trungpa Rinpoche and Kowinchina Roshi. Further questions? Sir. With that response, what did you mean by, um, or how, how do we function as reference points in an intimate partnership? What is it you want to know? I, I, otherwise, I'm, I have to. What do you want to know? What is it that's puzzling about that? You're already, you're already functioning as a reference point for someone that you're, and it changes all the time. And sometimes there's a demand, and sometimes you feel like you're being unfairly treated, or you're feeling, or you know, you go on and on and on. What do you want to know? How do we support each other? Mind your own business. It doesn't mean you don't have intimate relations or care or be, maybe may, maybe even over overly expressive about how you feel. Positive, negative, neutral. When I say mind your own business, allow somebody to be who they are. Be respectful of a of, of person's confusion rather than contribute to it by con criticizing them. Very important and not be very careful of the whole criticism situation of thinking that you know more than than anyone, including um, your mom or your dad, or you don't have any children. I don't think so, do you? Any children, any offspring? But it's mind your own business. Let let people live their lives. Help them as much as you can, as much as you have permission. But mind your own business. Hard to do. Does that condensing or that contracting still function um, if you've seen through a cell? What do you want to know? Is the contracting also dependently arisen? Everything is. You can't find a, uh, you can't find a, a, a carpenter ant. That isn't dependently arisen. Everything is dependent on everything else for its a, for its a, a apparent individuality or personality or passion, aggression, ignorance. All of that is dependently arisen. Shogavai, how do I work with thinking that that contracting is a problem? That that that's also dependently arisen. Problem? Yes. It ha would have to be total. Uh, the Buddhist teaching is a totality. To use it in a positive, it's, it's a totality. There isn't anything that is separate from the awakened one or from awakening. Sure looks like it. That's what sucks us into that first area where we end up controlling and trying to get ahead and uh, not realizing that oh, the three marks of existence or the four marks of existence, impermanence, impermanence, nothing lasts. Anything that shows up is going away. That which does not show up does not go away. I have no proof. You can't prove anything. When you're bowing, um, earlier you were talking about uh, warfare competition and I think I think you said something to the effect that you're not against war if you were against war that would be a misunderstanding yes. of the nature of war yes what is the nature of war ignorance you're actually ignoring you're actually ignoring what you're fighting with that's when passion aggression come up but first there has to be the primary ignorance of otherness seeing that what you're looking at is not someone else, it's your heartbeat in front of you in the form of um, anybody, any some kind of paranoia about other people, other beings. 
It shows up right in this Sangha. You all know it. it shows up right here. We aren't uh, this uh, amazing community that is here is not free of that. It's just that this community that is here is working on that in order to see the truth for themselves so they don't make anyone's life worse, including their own. So don't go to war, don't go to peace, take no position. I'm not the first one to say this, I, but I'm saying it not out of what I read, but out of what I'm looking at. There was the, the Sin Sin Ming, uh, or other, you know, Hokkyo Zanmai, Sandokai, different teachings and different teachers um, say that. The one in uh, Sandokai or the Sin Sin Ming is a, don't choose. No choosing. Mm -hmm. um, mentioning the Sangha, sometimes I hear people say, I want to include you or do you, or ask, do you want to be included? What does that actually mean? Probably just, probably just a simple question. Do you want to do this, this and this? Do you want to be included? You could say, no, you can leave me out. Is that, is that what you're asking about? What does it mean to really include someone? Don't ignore them. May not have anything to do with this. We just want to include you. That's more the conventional way of making sure you invite all the right people to your birthday party. I got to include him. I really don't like him. He's kind of a distasteful person, but uh, his, his brother is a good friend of my uncle's aunt. And, you know, we can go on and we can just make a whole matrix of stuff that causes us to do silly things, protecting things that aren't even threatened. Yes. Senshu bowing. What does your name mean? Hidden treasure. Are you hidden right now? Answer. I was... Answer me. No. Okay, good. Now you can go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Not hidden right now. But that's what would have been my uh, choice. From this perspective, what is vulnerability? What perspective? This path. Uh, it's an illusion. It's ego. Thinking it's something that's threatened. Something can be harmed. I'm not saying that you can't die, you can't get an illness, or that somebody can't abuse you and, and, uh, and, and create pain. But life is suffering. It causes wanting things to be different. So we've got nerve endings. It's going to be difficult. Pain of pain, pain of alternation, and the pain of the composite. Is it important to, to be vulnerable or endeavor to allow. Yeah. Don't do anything like that. You can be aware that you're sometimes, sometimes you feel very vulnerable and other times you don't. It's always about awareness. It's never about accomplishing a damn thing. But awareness this is what wall gazing is about. This is why it's so difficult because you can wall gaze for years and years and years and years and just there'll be no relative progress. Might be some, might notice that you uh, aren't quite as uh, attached to your positions on things. You're more likely to listen to what people are saying. Your sense of curiosity about others is stronger. What are they? What are they doing? How are they doing? How are things with them? But you don't have to generate anything. Receive, receive. If you just receive, then you're very vulnerable If you're because there's a lot of crap out there you're going to have to receive. And so the vulner vulnerability is going to is going to show up. You're going to probably feel going to, not gonna, going to feel more. Working in my elocution with the help of Shazan and you, and you, you too. Anybody else helping me with elocution? No. Yes, sir. You are helping me with allocation? Yes. 
Um, how does elocution help us see what this is? Yeah, just just looking at the way you like, for instance, I just said, yeah, that's all right. There's nothing wrong with yeah. But uh, you can work with the expression part as it's coming out in, in, in the form of words by just being aware of it. You don't have to correct it. You don't have to stop saying, yeah, or, you know. Or know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? Or sometimes people follow it up with, uh, uh, well, the the way I like to do that is I uh, I always like to make sure that that's covered up because otherwise, uh, um, the, then then I would jump in and say because animals might get in there and eat your garbage, you have to keep that covered up. Right, 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 right. Too many rights. Even the first right is a little microscopic or myopic. Right? Right, right, right. Go ahead. How can we, uh, how does that, looking at those words and the way we use words, carry over into sitting practice? Because you're looking at the initial production of the mind stream going from a thought, we call it a thought, into the production of language. And it's in its elementary form is the sound of the word. So it's so you're you're it's, you're helping your awareness back up into the production part, or the 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 outflow part, that part of the mind stream that outflows onto others, let alone onto yourself. So it's just a way of working with it. I'm not recommending anyone do that, but if you wanted to look closely at your elocution, it could be helpful to you. So it's not about speaking right. That's a misunderstanding. It's about awareness that is looking at the production area of the mind stream in terms of language. Were you English majors? Can we respond to a couple more questions, perhaps, if there are some? Yeah. Yeah, in that example of um elocution and, it, and it's the awareness of our words coming up and coming out but then if we just correct 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 for the opportunity to be aware i didn't say correct so i'm not saying i'm saying be aware of that and then notice uh, as you say it that eventually that will there's no guarantee but eventually it tends to back down it tends to be just less and less of that kind of production. And then the awareness starts to pick on other things that are coming out of the voice box. Go ahead. You're dying. Well, I've noticed with this elocution thing in the dining room or in here, walking in the hall, there is this, maybe you're not telling us to correct, and yet here we are in front of you correcting, correcting, correcting. That's also awareness. Always about awareness, never about correcting, not correcting, stopping correcting. It's just aware, aware, aware. Some people, this, is, this will make no sense at all. And, and I'm not here to convince anybody of anything. If this, if, if this shows up as a, uh, in your consciousness in some way that's helpful to you, then you could possibly use that. But there's no requirement more. This kind of this idea of correcting ourselves is the the control I was talking about earlier. So I'm just wondering what, <laughs> what um, what is that impulse to sleepy? What is that, that impulse that, that corrects? Ego. That part of the consciousness that, that wants to make sure it's good or correct. Or, you know, it's just, but it's only about just watching that impulse. You don't have to obey it. Don't do as you're told by anything. Yes. 
Speaking of bowing, this t talk was called the first wake up. Yes. And you also hinted at there's another one coming called the second wake up. Yes. Are you going to give us a? Are you going to give us a hint as to what the second wake up? I think I will try to give you a hint. <laughs> that may be, perhaps. <coughs> How would you like me to express it? <laughs> Would you like me to speak with a British accent? <laughs> or perhaps I could have a, an accent from the Deep South? No, that wouldn't be received very well. What do you want to know? I'm just looking ahead. <laughs> oh, so I probably will do that maybe Sunday. The second, the second wake up. Uh, <laughs> I can give you, you know, let's see. Well, I haven't given the talk yet, so I have no idea what I'll say. And I don't really think ahead a little, but if I try to think ahead very much, then I can't remember what I thought about. And so that's, that's just uh, old age. Any questions out there in TV land or Zoom land. I can't see all of you, so if you have a question, please speak up. And if you don't, that's fine. We can always retire. Okay. Good. Hi, my name is Shoka. I am a monk at Sokokoji, where I'm committed to training my mind under the guidance of my teacher, Sokozan. We rely on your support for our programming, including a scholarship fund to cover living and tuition costs for those who are practicing full-time at the monastery. Thank you for your generosity.